0: gentle listener and welcome to ethan and sarah in a room with scotch i am your host ethan bartlett and this is my guest sarah lilienthal
1: hi guys
0: we used to be a different podcast but unfortunately uh the michael of michael and ethan in a room with scotch is dead um i don't know if you were listening at the end of the last episode gentle listener if you uh if you you know ran your podcast cassette all the way to the end of it um and and got that far if you got sort of tangled and had to try to fix it with a pen of some sort <laughs> in the meantime as you all had to do yes every time we listen to podcasts um i have thousands of podcast cassettes at this point just backing up both of my closets anyway um Thank you for joining me, Sarah, as, as Michael's replacement. Uh, gentle listener, if you were listening at the end of the last podcast, you know that I sort of accidentally maybe insulted Sarah. There, the jury's still out on this matter. Um, but Michael felt it his, his duty to, <laughs> I said duty, to uh, defend Sarah's honor. Uh, Michael and I, in these last two weeks between episodes, um, we did fight a duel. And I shot Michael in the stomach, and he sort of raised my butt. So while I do have a very, very painful butt wound, Michael unfortunately is dead.
1: And of course, since the duel is being fought over me, I had to side with the victor. It's only the right thing to do. It is.
0: It is. Um, Yeah, Sarah and I obviously did not get married because I'm already married, and that would be illegal. It would be. Sarah is um, now on my side, whatever that actually is. Right. So, Sarah, this week we're talking about a book with several very significant names in it.
1: There are, there are. Last episode, there was names with Michael, which is now just a segment of the show that will never happen again because Michael died. It's just names.
0: Names now. now. Names.
1: Um, but to review. Uh there's Georgie. Right, which means
0: uh foofer, farter, something something that began with an
2: F. Pfeffernoose.
0: which is a type of cookie that's Uh, from somewhere in Europe. So that's
1: That's probably what it is. Yeah. Um And then there's Zoya. Zoya. Zoya Zoya I
0: think means life? or Light or Once Loofah it's one of those it's probably Loofah because yeah, I think, I think there's loofah.
1: like a lot of like bathing metaphors yeah
0: yeah sort of being washed clean and yeah yeah stuff definitely. so um yeah and then what was there's another really significant name oh, in this book shoot. um I don't know if I I remember forget it. what it is uh um hmm. Farts Farts McGee uh Foofy Farty <laughs> Fartface those are just things I called Michael before he died. Um, oh, it actually starts with an A, an I A. think. Um,
1: Albatross?
0: Uh, Alberta? Agatha. No, that's an author we discussed oh, last time. Yeah, okay, Agatha. That's... And I forget what her last name is. It's, it's probably not important. It's not, probably not important at all. Um, eh, eh,
1: Aggie? 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 Andrea?
0: Andreas?
1: Argentina.
0: No, that's a country. Oh.
1: Okay. Sorry. We uh, can't name people after countries. We can, I
0: mean, we can, but we shouldn't. Um,
1: what was that name?
0: Uh, oh, sorry. I um, I feel a sneeze coming on. Uh, oh. Anastasia! Anastasia! Oh my that's gosh. what the name oh was. Oh my gosh,
1: you're What is
0: What does Anastasia mean?
1: Uh, I that's think a good it means
0: one. we re-killed Michael. I
1: I think I should have been paying more attention when he was talking.
0: Yeah, you. I did have. that a
1: lot
2: though. We did. Just I mean, and I didn't.
0: we we have the cassette somewhere in the other room. We could go play back
2: the <laughs> recording. But... <laughs> what is
1: this?
0: <laughs>
1: How grotesque!
0: Oh. <laughs> There's like
1: dirt on you? Yeah,
3: I'm back. Uh...
1: Didn't a... I have you cremated? No.
2: <laughs> I mean, yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: but I've <have>
2: resembled.
0: <laughs> here, hello. Have a, have a cocktail. You'll feel better. Please here, give here. me a cocktail. What is this? What do I
3: call this cocktail?
0: Well, it has uh, something called the water of life in it. So oh, really? really okay. Let's, let's try that. The water of, of Zoya, which means life. <laughs> oh, is that? It's not Lufa? Oh, Are you sure it it's Lupa. not Lufa? I'm definitely sure. <laughs> Man, he came back really cranky.
1: Yeah, is that normal? I
0: I don't know. I've never anastasia someone before. <laughs> anastasia means resurrection, thank you. Oh, is that oh, what it means? And Georgie right. means earth
3: worker.
1: Oh, just oh, like what you bad.
3: did when you dug my grave earlier. My yeah, bad. you're right. I you did. found
1: your way back. I thought yeah, we did good. a really good job. I thought of
0: we like... did really hard burning guys. him and then putting him in the ground. But see, see,
3: but you forgot one vital step.
0: Oh boy. Oh, what is that?
3: I'm not gonna tell you.
0: Why would you not tell us? <laughs> it...
1: Because
3: if I tell you, then you'll
0: know.
1: Just in case this whole situation happens. Yeah, in case these exact same things
2: happen
0: ever again. Definitely not preventable by you not challenging me to a duel. (laughs) (laughs) Do you even remember what that duel was about? I honestly don't. I
3: remember having to shoot you. Like, that's all I remember. Shoot at me. I had to shoot. Let's be accurate.
0: You just grazed my butt cheeks, which again...
3: All I really
0: wanted to to do was to cause
3: you extreme pain every time you had to sit down. So that every time you sat down
0: you would remember me. In that very specific life goal that definitely sounds like a real thing and not something you just made up just now, you did succeed. Thank you. And I'm proud of you. I did it on purpose. Good work. All right. Well, gentle listener, uh, if you are still listening, which (laughs) (laughs) I sort of wouldn't blame you if you weren't, but, I mean, if you put up with our garbage thus far in this series, I guess, whatever. The, We're still discussing the book. We are still discussing The House of Special Purpose by John Boyne. We are still drinking. Uh, we are drinking cocktails based on the rye whiskey, and not the scotch, but the rye that I bought, Rittenhouse. Because uh, you're breaking the rules. Straight rye whiskey. Um, And today's first cocktail is one that I actually invented, and Ooh. I call it the Mankato. <gasps>
1: Now, Still my heart.
0: <laughs> this is a, um, it's, it's a very good, appropriate cocktail for the three of us, since we all went to and met at Bethany Lutheran College in Mankato, Minnesota. Um, you and don't it's... remember?
3: I met you like 10 years before that. Oh
0: my gosh. Wait, what?
3: Like, we were, we were on a bridge. Don't you remember? We were, we were watching the sun almost set and then it never did. We were in St. Petersburg.
0: Michael, you, you fused with the book again? <laughs> oh, shoot! Which is the same thing that got us into the situation where I shot you and technically committed murder recently. Um, so. <laughs> hey, but now I have you on
3: recording. Not cassette tape, but recording
1: you mean this isn't admitting a to
0: murder. Wait. So, it's
3: not a
1: cassette!
0: You didn't plug the cassette into the computer oh before you started recording. Lost That's fine.
3: We all of that. Yeah, it's gone. We, it's all I here. We have
0: done. You do it. It's no, it's all here whatever. Of everybody this show. hears what is happening. <laughs> well, yeah, the ones who are listening live.
3: There's nobody listening live. This is recorded, and I'm gonna hear it yeah, later. so as the editor, And everybody You're you know, our not going to know so if you didn't it. put it on the cassette. No, right. I know it's going to be heard because Karen it's not is a
1: nurse listening, is listening live. I, Karen, I, that's okay, that's true. Okay, fine.
3: Karen is listening. Perhaps Karen. Hi, Karen.
0: Is, Karen is the medium through everybody. Which you're, you're, all of you're being are very here. rude. Say hello to your. Hi, wife. Karen. You I say hello to her every day.
3: Whatever. Yeah, I know, but like. this well, i am scandalized Sarah. And I'm
0: not going to challenge you to a duel uh, over your own wife. Don't worry, I think Sarah <laughs> maybe just decided that yeah, she Yeah, good luck to... winning that No, one. I'm going to lose. <laughs> like, I might as well just die right now, because she's going to kill do. me. Yeah, you wish. Um, uh,
1: what was the book we were talking about? The, the House of Special, Special Purpose,
0: Purpose by John I was introducing Boyne. the cocktail. So yeah, that's right. This I mean, is a genre of cocktail. Um... It actually genre sends literature from the Manhattan that we had at the end of the last episode. Um, but there's sort of a, 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 a tradition with cocktails of taking sort of the structure of a perfect Manhattan, which would have dry and sweet vermouth, and sort of applying other things to it. So this has rye and um, vermouth, like a traditional Manhattan. But hmm. you sort of take that and build on it and name it after somewhere else. Right? So... I took Campari and elderflower um, liqueur and added that into this cocktail and decided to call it the Mankato after having done that because Mankato is sort of on the edge of the Minnesota prairie there. And with the elderflower and the herbal stuff in the Campari, um, I sort of felt like it it reflected um, the, the prairie sort of plants. There's elderflowers out there and there's there's other sort of prairie you know, grasses and things, so I thought that that taste sort of was reflected in this cocktail. Sure. So that's the one that, that, I've, that I've made you guys. It's very close to some cocktails that, that already exist that were made by people who actually know what they're doing, so... <laughs> All right. Uh, sounds, sounds sounds good. Yeah. Um, and if we do run out of these, we'll get into some other rye-based cocktails, but maybe we'll talk that, about that at ooh. the bottom of the episode. At the than bottom the of the episode. All right. So we'll,
3: we'll talk about that then. So
2: in the meantime...
0: Karen, what are the rules?
2: Rule 1. Once the scotch is poured and the glasses clink, the scotch must not be mentioned at any time. If anyone mentions it, they lose. Rule 2. No one's mother should be mentioned in any pejorative sense or any other sense not directly indicated by the text of the book being discussed. If any mothers are mentioned, the mentioner loses. Rule 3. Ethan must never say the phrase first paragraph, if he does, he loses. Rule four, Michael must never say the words vampire, vampiric, or any derivative thereof. If he does, he loses. Rule five, if anyone has to use the bathroom during an episode, he or she loses. However, this should not stop anyone from doing so, because this podcast is anti-UTI.
0: And what happens if someone breaks the rules?
2: If one person breaks a rule, they receive a punishment in the form of a verbal stunt chosen by the person who did not break the rule. All that being said, everyone, drink responsibly.
0: Yeah, Ethan. Yeah, Michael. Gentle Gentle gentle
3: listener. listener. Uh, You have heard the rules that Karen has spoken to us. Oh, are we good? Have have they? Yep, they have. Okay, good. They have. So... Uh, Sláinte Wachayim You looked like you were going to say something, Sarah Yeah
1: I I can have something to say Go ahead Please do um, We we mentioned in last episode The resemblance of the first, the opening line of this novel You can say it In what may be
3: called the first The
1: first paragraph There you go the Thank opening you. paragraph.
3: See, we have to say it as much as possible to rub it in Ethan's face. I true. think that's
1: only fair, really. Yeah. Um, anyway, we touched on it last episode how that line of my mother and father didn't did not have a happy marriage. How that very much resembles the opening line of Anna Karenina. Um, oh, which I but, meant
0: to grab from the other room in these last two weeks <laughs> that we've been.
2: Wow, having Mama, a break. You, you, suck you suck at this. I'm really, really a bad.
1: <laughs> were so behind. Oh, well. I just. I want to talk about that idea of a happy marriage because later in the book, in Yay. fact, on page 330.
3: I'm going to read it upside down with that's you.
1: That's okay. I'll turn the book.
3: Oh, wow. I can read it right side up.
1: Whoa. Um, this is page 330 and it's, it's during Zoya's, um, Chemo? No. Not During really. her convalescence after she's attempted suicide. Mm. Oh, that's right. By slitting her wrist. Mm. And Georgie uh. is talking with the doctor, and and he, he says to the doctor, Doctor Hooper, you must understand, Zoya and I have a very happy marriage.
2: Boom! Uh. And
1: so, this is obviously a point that John Boyne is trying to make that happy marriage or not, you know, there's There's problems.
2: Yeah. And a lot
1: of them tend to be 100% outside of your control.
3: Yeah. The idea of control is really interesting in this book. Yes. And like, the. the,
0: Whoa. Whoa. Wow. Gentle listener, if you just felt your entire world rock up and down, it's because Michael went ahead and kicked the mic stand. I'm sorry. The Um, point I was making overwhelmed me. (laughs) (laughs) It did what to you? It overwhelmed me. Very good, very good.
2: Thank you, Dagon. <laughs> Thank you for aspirating,
0: aspirating your H's and then aspirating some that weren't there. You're welcome. I will aspirate whatever I want. That as these last several sentences have made apparent.
1: You were talking about control and marriage and happiness.
0: And I was illustrating the fact that some things are out of one's control. See, it was all deliberate. Whether Michael aspirates H's that aren't there.
3: Sometimes there's an H and sometimes there isn't, but sometimes you can't tell whether
0: there's an H or not. Okay. Is that like one of those things that's supposed to sound profound, but if you actually think about it at all, it doesn't?
1: Or are you? Hey, don't tear down my church! Most of the discussion on these podcasts.
0: Wow! Wow! <gasps> We've had guests on this podcast before, gentle listener, but never have we had a guest who undercut the very basis of the entire podcast. And also, I fought a duel over you, and you're (laughs) supposed to be on my side, (laughs) even if you're not on Michael's side, but you clearly have demonstrated you're on your own side, and I don't know where to go with that because you could clearly kick my... (laughs)
1: <laughs> On that happy note. <laughs> On that
0: happy note, yeah,
1: the issue
3: of control is very interesting. Oh, and, in the book, okay. Well, in the book also. <laughs> I guess if you want, do you want to get back to talking about the book now? Yeah, because we can maybe. talk about the issue of control in the book too. Let's, I haven't prepared anything. <laughs> I was going to talk about control in reality. That's, that's but, a much more fraught I mean, topic. Yeah, I take true. your pick. That's true. <laughs> So, like, we mentioned two weeks ago how Georgie wound up in the palace kind of outside of his control. Mm. Like, ultimately, it was outside of his control. He was doing one thing, but those... Who observed what he was doing, interpreted it a different way, very,
1: very differently. Mm-hmm. Yes, and, and that
3: happens frequently.
1: And it was an emotional reaction too. It yes. wasn't. I am controlling the situation. I know exactly where this is going to get me. It was that emotional reaction he had for his friend. Yes,
0: that's an interesting um, take because we we talked about last time, Michael. You haven't read Anna Karenina, correct? But that's like it's one of the deepest themes in Anna Karenina as well. Is the public perception versus the private perception? Ooh, yes. Um, I like it. And and Sarah, maybe you can back me up on this because it's been a few years since I read that that novel, but it's there's a very similar dynamic at work where Anna Karenina herself sort of seems like she has everything that society sort of wants you to want that that she has that perfect life. Yes. Well, on the back end of it, she's unhappy in her marriage. She's having an affair, which almost she knows will destroy her eventually. Oh, she
1: definitely knows, and I want to say it's part of the excitement.
0: Yeah, yeah, Um, it's both part of the excitement, part of what keeps her coming back, but also part of what sort of creates the the tension, especially Mm -hmm. in the first half of of the novel when the only Anna and the person that she's having an affair with at least ostensibly know about it, but they both still know that this is going to switch from a public or from a private, rather, Perception to a public perception yes. and that it's going to hurt yes. everyone involved.
1: Absolutely.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: No, absolutely. She, she's losing, no, she's lost control of herself okay. because, well, I, I, back to my interpretation from two weeks ago, um, she, when she should have died.
0: Right. Like, like someone she, else I, I could mention.
3: Like someone else who should have died. <laughs> <laughs> um, she She's lost control of herself. And so now, what she is conscious of is the loss of control. Okay. That's...
1: So, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. To, um, to clear up our antecedents and pronouns, you the she you were talking about is Zoya, Zoya. Okay. yes, not Anna Karenina.
2: Right. Which not Anna the Karenina. The other she. The
1: other she. And so, no,
3: no, I'm connecting the Anna Karenina to the Zoya gotcha. and how she is Anna Karenina because that's John Boyne's point yeah. here. Gotcha. Um, about the woman who has lost control. Gotcha. who has lost her sense of control over her own life and so she is
1: with it that sense of purpose because she has yeah. she has her whole life laid out before her before the revolution yes yeah. she's this grand duchess of Russia. She, she knows what that life is going to look like. Everyone right. around her knows what that life is going to it's look defined.
3: like. It's, it's step by step defined. It's it's step-by-step defined. Absolutely. And then the revolution happens. Mm-hmm. And everything is upheaved. Is that a word?
0: Yeah.
1: Sure.
2: Yeah. yeah.
3: It's <laughs> and even
1: in that, though, she thinks she's, after the upheaval, she's decided, this is what I want my life to look like. She wants to do all the cooking and cleaning and be very domestic and have that normal Family life, and even that control is utterly taken yes. from her.
2: Yeah.
3: So with with this whole idea of control, I think one of the most interesting characters is one of those that like sci-fi and fantasy has really latched onto that character of Rasputin, mm. um, who exercises almost omnipotent control over. Um, if not the tsar, czar, the tsaritsa. Yeah.
1: Through her. Through her. Yeah. He
3: exercises. Uh-huh. Yes, as you say, over her husband, he exercises that control. Um, in this book, but like historically speaking, he has been portrayed and re-portrayed and re-portrayed and over-portrayed. Like he's in he's in the Anastasia cartoon. He's in Ghostbusters too. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> the, the the pinnacle of culture <laughs> yes. and and taste <laughs> yes
3: no like but he he and he's always portrayed as that one who takes control that doesn't belong to him yeah well but
1: and that's the villain
0: but, sure, but, but it's even sure. more emphasized, culturally speaking, in that character of Rasputin because he's always sort of associated with black magic of some kind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the mm-hmm. idea of A supernatural magic, yeah. but specifically magic in general, and especially black magic, is you're asserting your control onto things that humans are not meant to have any control over. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, you you know, you, you sort of summon spirits like Dr. Faustus or um whatever the case may be. You're you're imposing your will and your control on on, you know, sort of the natural world or yeah. on time or on um, well, other and, things that mm-hmm. are that are really not sort of that's not how the relationship <clears throat> is supposed to work.
3: And nominally he's supposed to be a man of God.
2: Mm-hmm. Right.
3: So then he's, he's supposed to be someone who is divine, right. someone who speaks the word of God, someone who is subject to God, but then he kind of inverts that paradigm right. and puts himself over God and becomes God right? to right. at least the, the Tsaritsa. Um, and in, in that way, he, he exercises his control and overtakes all of these things and him taking this absolute control. So, my point is, I guess, well, let me just ask the question. Um, what do you think about
0: the treatment of Rasputin in this book? To me, it's one of the most interesting things. I think I yeah, even. Yeah, that's
3: that's maybe all I can say about it. <laughs> right. Is well, it's interesting. <laughs> I think I
0: even sent you a text about it, and I don't remember what I said in the text, but like. Where's my phone? It was. I don't know. One of, okay. Yeah, my phone's in the other room. And, my phone's over um, there. Too far. I think it got Can't reach. shot in, in my recent duel. Um, <laughs> yeah, probably. So it's it's probably unreliable anyway as a narrator. Um but uh, Are you a
3: narrator and you're unreliable? What
0: um Continue. Yeah, gentle listener, I apologize to your eardrums. Straight to them. Yeah. Uh <laughs> don't worry, Michael, we'll turn that into some sort of baso rumble in the in the post. <laughs> um <laughs> What was I going to say? Okay, so Rasputin. Thank you. Uh, This is, if nothing else, is why we need guests to just sort of push (laughs) us back onto the rails when we get off. You, the gentle
3: Um, listener, have noticed how off the rails we've gotten without guests and how on the rails we've gotten with guests. Which is absolutely not true because
0: the other guest we've had is Josiah. (laughs) He he not only got us off the rails, but he sort of held a banner at the head of the procession. It's true. Um... (laughs) With glee, with great glee. Uh, anyway, so Rasputin. Rasputin. Um. So, yeah, like I said, I f- I forget what I what I, what text I sent you, but I sent you like two to three texts, Michael, over the course of reading this book. You and sent Rasputin me a few, anyway. Was just one of the major of yeah. these texts. I think the um, other
3: text you sent me was something about how. You were being punched in the gut and it was uncomfortable but you loved it.
0: Yeah, like I hate this book, I hate this book, I hate this book, it's wonderful. Yeah, something like basically. that. Basically. Um which is like how I react to books that just like are wonderful. Emotionally grab me. Yeah. And just are wonderful. Yeah. That's true. Um so
3: to be fair, that's how I react to the same. So Yeah. yeah. Like it's um, like it's like we react the same. With the same things, and like that's why we decided to start a
2: podcast,
0: yeah. And also, talking about books have made out several times, anyway. Yeah. Shush, um, <laughs>
3: not in front I, of my wife.
2: Sorry, I, Sarah, uh, that was a joke, is
0: what discussion. that was. That was a joke,
3: it was totally a joke. That's never happened,
0: yeah. Oh, <laughs> we are convincing so, ma. Yeah, I kissed my wife. That was Michael kissing Sarah for the gentle listener's mind's eye picture. That's <laughs> a record um, show.
1: I'm giving you a, both a stern look.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's why my chest hurts. Anyway, oh. Anyway. Um. It makes sense. Yeah, right. Now, what, what was I saying? Oh, Rasputin. Rasputin. Uh, so. <laughs> the, the Rasputin chapter in this book is fascinating. Yes. Um, which I think I said like 12 minutes ago when I started this comment. You did. Um. But it's, it's almost, and I don't remember what chapter it is or what page it's on, But so I'm just going sort of from memory here, uh, which obviously is unreliable, but it's it's the chapter to me that read the most, Beautiful. like, something out of an actual fantasy novel. Oh, yeah! Um, like, we called this book historical fantasy yep. several times, you know, over the course of the last episode, and in many ways that's true. Historical fantasy or just, like, alternate history, um, which is a real genre. Um, yes which why this book which would can, like to pose itself as literary fiction as opposed to alternate history see, and the, concerns of genre the is, thing like is it, a whole discussion that we're skipping.
3: Yeah, well, see but go ahead. the thing is historical fantasy and all of that can branch so far as to having dragons during the Napoleonic wars. Right. So <laughs> I don't
0: I don't think that's why this book didn't want to be that but again it's a discussion that gets into economics and other stuff that we're super not qualified to say anything about. So Correct. So, um, moving on. Moving on. So, but, like, as far as... So, you could read most of this book, despite the fact that it is, in some very real senses, an alternate history and a historical fantasy. Uh, if you didn't know the facts of history, most of this book would come out more or less like straight historical fiction. Yeah. Right, like something that could have happened in history, but we're telling a story about it with more specifics than we can ever know about history, but other than that, it could have happened. Right. The Rasputin chapter is almost like a chapter from a different book that is yes. much more genre-ish. Yes, like it's almost like a chapter from it like tears you out of a historical fiction yeah. and
3: forces you into
0: the yeah. historical fantasy. But but like it's it's almost like a chapter from a Roger Zelazny novel or like a Ray Bradbury novel. Yeah, um, where there's a lot of detail and a lot of historicity there, but it's clearly fantasy. And I'm not a hundred percent clear on how it. Um, accomplished that that end, especially because you, most of the details in it, as far as I could tell, because this was the one chapter I actually did some real background research on it, mm-hmm. specifically as after having read this book, as opposed to just other you know books I've read over the years for my own uh, sake or whatever. Um, but most of the details in the the Rasputin chapters of this book, uh, especially regarding how rasputin is assassinated or is not oh, assassinated yeah. how which he is so apparently super gets shot weird. and then just lives through it just because he gets of beaten the force of will yeah, like all of that apparently as far as we can tell is very much historic right like, which is so weird and creepy according to every like historical eyewitness account that we have Ugh. these things are true um so in you know, a weird sense The most fantastical chapter of this book... Is the most historic? Is the most historical. (laughs) Thank you for that That very brief guest appearance, Chewbacca. (laughs) Go see The Last Jedi in theaters now. Because they definitely (laughs) needed advertising help from us.
3: (laughs) They really didn't. They did not at all.
0: (laughs) But you've probably seen it anyway, so probably. it doesn't matter. Probably. Gentle listener. Gentle listener. You
3: are sophisticated. You've probably seen it by now. You don't even have to be
0: sophisticated. No. I mean, you are. You are, but you listener. don't have to be. As a result of listening to this podcast, right. you are sophisticated.
3: Right, but you don't have to be. Have we kissed their butt enough yet? Try, try it some more. Okay. Oh, that, okay. Hi, Did
0: I go one kiss too far? Yeah,
3: that, just one. Okay. But, like, otherwise, it was good. Okay, thanks. Wow.
0: So... Gentle listener, I want you to take careful note of the extremely incredulous and horrified expression on Sarah's face right yes, now. Yes,
3: please look closely at her face.
0: It's telling. Right. it's it's That's her tell. Also, if you play <laughs> poker with her, this is the face she has when she has a good hand. Yeah, it's true. Sorry, we're <laughs> revealing all of your secrets.
1: <laughs> oh, my
3: God. Yeah, but no, Rasputin is
0: fascinating
3: in this book. Yeah. He... For all of the reasons you have said. And, go ahead.
1: I feel like up until this point, especially young Georgie has been this paragon of this this perfect sixteen year old boy. Like he's mm-hmm. noble, he, he he sacrifices himself. And well, he's he's idealistic public. too. He's very idealistic. And then he gets this invitation and he shows up at Rasputin's party. Yeah. And Rasputin is then just this evil, corrupting character. Like the supernatural stuff aside there is some shady business going on. shady. And he's like, Georgie, you haven't learned to enjoy yourself since you've been to St. Petersburg. Join in.
3: Like, come, join this orgy. Yeah, Yeah,
1: exactly. Which,
3: like, is is also a super 16-year-old thing to think about.
0: Right. (laughs) Like, oh. So, how does this relate, Michael, to your theory that... Uh, this uh, of of Georgie as unreliable narrator or as creating See, the world of this novel. Like, okay,
3: so Georgie, if he invents Anastasia to a certain extent, he also has to invent Rasputin
2: Yeah.
3: Uh, and in this sense, yes, like I said, that's a super sixteen-year-old thing to think about. To be like, yeah, it's okay, and the adults are being super okay with me joining in with this orgy sort of thing. But also then I'm the noble one who backs out or something.
0: Yeah, like I sort of got pulled into
2: it against
3: my
0: will.
2: Yeah,
3: yeah, it's it's opposed to me, but also in line with me.
0: So he's sort of trying to have it both ways.
3: Yeah, have his cake and eat it too is kind of Georgie here. Sure. And like, so later on... (sighs) And see, here I say later on, even though it's earlier in the book, um, he's talking to Zoya, who tells him he's too nice and too pure. And then later on, and by later on, I mean earlier in the timeline, (laughs) uh, (laughs) he proves himself to not be as pure and kind. So, like, okay... Um, I, maybe this is the time to bring it up I don't know if there's a better time to bring it up But I'm going to bring it up now It's always bring a it good, time. All right. it's always so good time So I told myself after reading it one time That I was going to read the book this way And I didn't
1: um, <laughs> Congratulations Good story
3: <laughs> So here, here's my suggestion What if one read the book In chronological order Oh, oh. So find, skip chapter one Right to the next chapter where you start in the past, which is the earliest, youngest Georgie we yeah. find. And then read all the young Georgie parts. Read all the way up until the third to the last chapter or the second to the last chapter or whatever. Then read backward all the way to the front and then read the, read the last chapter. The last chapter remains the last chapter. But mm. otherwise you yeah. read it in chronological order.
0: So do you have a theory about what this would reveal if you did it this way? I don't because I didn't do it. Well,
1: <laughs> no, what did you? You but wanted to do it. What I wanted, did you want wanted, to get out
3: of it? Yeah. I wanted to. And here's my thought. My thought is that like okay, Anastasia might be revealed a little more clearly that way. Yeah. And I think more than that, Georgie would be revealed. Yeah. That we would find out more about Georgie reading this book in chronological order, that he would come out as this unreliable narrator, as this fiction weaver who is the personification
0: of john boyne interesting so this this leads me to an interesting thought and it's going to be pure speculation of a type i sort that's of that's
3: what this whole podcast is about I Pure mean, speculation <laughs> yeah
0: michael and i are very unreliable narrators sarah I speak and for i are herself. unreliable in that we said michael was dead and then here it's he true. is
1: we have led um, you astray i'm, I'm yeah. back i'm hey, back baby it's
0: astray uh so, it's, it's really more of a question. Do you think, if you had to speculate, or decided to speculate, if, uh, on how John Boyne wrote this book, mm. do you think he wrote it in chronological order, mm. starting with Young Georgie and going up through 1981, um, and then sort of took it like Quentin Tarantino supposedly did with Pulp Fiction and sort of chopped it up and rearranged the pieces? Or do you think he wrote it in the sort of jump around flashback?
1: I want to say I have my thought,
0: but Sarah, you answer.
1: I want to say at least to me, it seems like this book started with the picture of an elderly man sitting at the hospital bedside of his dying wife. Okay, sure. I want to say that's where this book started.
2: Yes, because that, that
1: you just you can't. That image, at least for me, it didn't leave me the whole time reading the book. Yeah. No, absolutely.
3: Even when you've got young Georgie, you're looking forward to the time. Like, oh, Georgie. The first chapter is him by his wife, and then you've got the young guy, and you know where his life is going. Exactly. Oh, anyway. But,
0: but yes, you could have that image and have a much more chronological story. Oh in, sure, sure. Georgie's sitting by his his dying wife. It is 1981 or whatever it is, um, and he's telling someone whether it's his his grandson or whoever. Uh, right. You know, here's Mike. the story starting at this point and going through. You know. Um, uh, yeah, Mike is Mike is another point I want to bring up actually, but
3: finish your point now. <laughs> um, you, you could have
0: that, it could be a much more chronological story is the only point I'm, I'm really Yeah,
3: making. instead yeah. of having half of the book go backwards. Yeah. No, um, I, I, I don't think he intended it originally to necessarily go half forward, half backward, and then kind of meet in the middle, and then end at the end. Um. Yeah, I hate when books end at the end. (laughs) I know. Um, (laughs) But I think Sarah is right that, like, kind of the original image is this man sitting by the hospital bed of his wife, who is dying from cancer. But, like, further that, and think about that woman being Anastasia. I think it started with Anastasia, and it's like, what happened to Anastasia? Yeah. And if she survived, if, that's the key word, if.
2: Yeah. If she survived,
3: what was her life from then on out well then somebody must have been by her bedside when she was dying hmm. and so here's the rest of the story
2: sure if she was
3: if she survived then somebody was there when she died okay and that's this book and that makes i uh, i need to set this thing down and i need to cry a little bit um <laughs> um
1: it's an emotional book though like, oh my gosh yeah it's so it does it
3: hurts it's painful this book and that's
0: that's actually uh. a, a point i've been wanting to bring up so we have all go of this ahead. stuff that i I'm i gonna, did get uh, on an take initial this back. read go ahead um <laughs> i did get this on an initial read but it, it's come out even more in this discussion Um, The idea that, like, this is Georgie at least shaping the story, if not creating it all together. You know, and there's some element of wish fulfillment in that, oh, Anastasia survived. Like, that's, you know, there's a children's movie about that idea, right? The
3: premise is wish fulfillment. Yeah,
0: exactly, exactly. And And, and then then, we continue. To me, like, what this book has to do to justify itself as a work of literature of any kind of standing is to say, okay, this is wish fulfillment, but here's the reason for it, right?
3: Yes. That's kind
1: of like a here's the price you pay for the yeah, mm-hmm. wish fulfillment.
3: Exactly, yeah. yes. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Like, it, 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 it's a devil's bargain. Exactly. Uh, or, or a yeah. Faustian deal. You 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 get something, but what are you trading for it?
0: Exactly. And that's yeah. where, to me, like, <sighs> oh, the premise sort of assumes the conclusion, and why, to me, this is, this is really a uh, a work of literature of some standing rather than just pure wish fulfillment mm-hmm. right the idea that um you know as opposed to like the the children's movie where there's not so much of the idea of consequences because it's a children's movie and you kind of have to have a happy ending we
1: can't introduce such deep yeah. and dark subject matter into the animated exactly
0: <laughs> really? right um mm-hmm. right And you know, maybe you could even say there wouldn't be time to address it um, in that in that medium. But but for a much more sophisticated, complex sort of adult um, uh, medium, you have to pay that price. You have to say if you're going to fulfill this wish, here's here's what you pay for. Here's the cost. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And on that note, and whether this. Fits in the discussion right at this moment or not? You sure, can, you can Don't let even me worry know. About it. I am just, um, I'm really impressed with. I hesitate to say I'm pleased with because that's not really what I mean. But I am impressed with John Boyne's treatment of the subject matter of miscarriage and mm. oh. infertility and child loss. Yes. Because yes. Those are really painful subjects, and nobody wants to talk about them
2: in this book.
1: Nobody wants to talk about them, and they happen. And then people think, "Well, nobody else has talked about this, so it doesn't happen." So I'm just going to close in on myself, right? And pretend like it didn't happen. But here it is.
3: Here it's open
1: in the book in super real terms. Yeah, and that's
0: so real. Super and that's part choice. of that whole, like, public versus private. Yes. Thing, mm-hmm. Right, because, like, miscarriages are, are sort of assumed to be a super private matter, yes. whether by default or, or for other reasons in our culture. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But that doesn't make you the loss of a child not the loss of a child. Exactly. Um, and that's really what this book brings out in that, you know, in, in addressing oh. that.
3: When, when they lose their kid... Like, the one who has had a life. Arena. Uh-huh. Arena. Yes. Mm. I know. Uh, but, like, she has lived up into adulthood. But, like, just the cusp of adulthood. Right. It kind of feels like. And then she's gone. But it, it's really interesting how the reader is introduced to that. Because. Yeah. It, it, it's that. It's that. Oh, my gosh. John Boyne I think... has mastered the timeline mm-hmm. in this book. Because the reader just knows she she dies before we know she lives. Right. Mm -hmm. And then she lives and she, like, we see all of the potential after the fact that we know she dies at this point. Right. And it's so painful for us because we hear about her death. And at that point, like, sure, we're sympathizing with Georgie and Zoya, especially Georgie, because we're seeing it through his eyes where he says... Uh, essentially like don't you understand that I experience this pain like Mm -hmm. she does like Zoya does I experience this pain I have a pain about this and you're assuming that only the mother has this pain no I have this pain Mm -hmm. and like he's experiencing this pain and that's where we start with this that's where we start with Arena. That's where we're introduced to Arena mm-hmm. with the pain of losing her. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then we see her life beginning and we see her life growing. And...
1: It makes her story... S- I mean, the whole... There is very much a bittersweet over oh my tone to the whole story. But it makes yes. her story so bittersweet because right. it starts again. It starts with... It, it we know starts she died. after we know it
3: ends.
0: Right. <sighs> Which is... It's interesting as we're talking about this. It occurs to me that... There's sort of death in this book at every stage of a yes. human life, yes. including before actual birth. You Correct. know, with the with the miscarriage, there's there's um, death mm-hmm. before full birth. Mm-hmm. There's you know the the death of a child, the death of this this you know girl at the age of um, whatever how old, or old she is, not very in young. her early twenties maybe. Yeah. She'd
1: had Michael by then, wasn't she, in her thirties? Oh anyway, yeah, that's yeah. right. Anyway, a young, still young, young, right a young an adult. Yeah, and it's but much big. younger,
0: especially than any parent wants to see their child die. You know, oh, like so... my, my mother has looked me in the eye more than once and said, I'm dying before you, you know <laughs> As is a
1: mother's prerogative. Right, right. <laughs> and that's, like, much, <laughs> it probably,
0: that's the mother's right to say that. Right. <laughs> yes, it is. Like probably <laughs> every mother and father if they haven't done that to their child, I would. mean,
3: think of the Lord of the Rings with Thorin, who says, "No father should bury their child." Yeah, yeah, it, <laughs> like, it is. Like it's one an of aberration
1: the... of nature yeah. for the parent to bury the child. It is.
3: Yeah. It's totally an invert, an inversion of nature. Um, it shouldn't happen, but it, like that, that's the reality. This book intends to bring to the forefront, which is, it, it's kind of like, okay, so we're taking this as historical fiction, right? historical fantasy right and so we're taking fantasy think of fantasy as think of a synonym of fantasy being the ideal
2: right
3: so you take the ideal of what could happen and this book still lets reality creep in Yeah. yeah and reality still brings this historical fantasy down to earth and destroys it and corrupts it and it's painful there. and, and then you get to the end of the book okay so when I first read this book I came to the end the uh-huh. last line the, oh, the last line of this book is one paragraph Oh, let, let me read the last two paragraphs of this book which are two lines and when the tears come I think ah so this is what it means to be alone and when I first read it I was like that's no ending to a book. Right. But then I thought about it and then I read this book again and I'm like, that's exactly what this book is about. It's about being alone. It's about trying to figure out what it's like to be alone. It's about not accepting being alone, but then ultimately having to accept being alone. Right. The, which, which ties into the whole idea of the historical fantasy resurrecting Anastasia as as Georgie, John Boyne, being Georgie, resurrecting Anastasia and being like, no, she survived! She's still alive! But no, she wants to die, and I'm still left alone. Right. And so what it's, is It's this? that idea <laughs> that
0: even if you get the thing that, like, you fantasize about her, that you want, that, you know, life in a mortal world still asserts itself. Yeah. Yes. It's again part of part of the reason that this is like a legitimate work of literature rather than just sort of a wish fulfillment fantasy yes is that it leaves you with that question of like okay even if this semi-impossible thing happened what's the point sure yeah um and i i think it's interesting to me like obviously those last two lines are really the ending of the book, but the last image that remains mm-hmm. is in the, what's technically the fourth paragraph from the end, when Mike does, you know, hop a hop a train, and he says, he jumps on the back of it and raises a hand to me, the un- or not a train, but a bus. Yeah. The uncrowned czar of all the rushes waving at his <sighs> grandfather from the back of a London bus as it speeds off down the street while a conductor appro- approaches him, demanding money for his fare. And what occurs- <laughs> as i cleaned up michael's vomit and then meditated (laughs) on that last image um is the fact that mike is the one character in this book who you could say is like unreservedly good like sure unreservedly he's always a sweetheart even when like you know uh when his studies interfere with like his his desire to care for his grandparents or whatever, like he always sort of does the right thing. Yeah. Um and it's interesting he, he's the purest good yeah. of everyone in the book. Exactly. Um and it's interesting because he in a sense is the least privileged. Like yeah. Anastasia. Even though he
3: should be the most
0: Right. Anastasia grew up with privilege. Um, you know, Georgie grew from a place of, of very little privilege to relative to his beginning a lot of privilege um you know a lot of the other major characters in the book were if not rich like comfortably middle class to the point At of, least. of being yeah. rich yeah mm-hmm. um but he's the kid who like still has to catch buses for his living and he's the one who out of all of these people is like the closest thing to an ideal good yeah um and to me, like that's the the overriding sort of image of this this uh, whole story is that that you know, pri- public versus private thing again, that, that the the one who's sort of suffered the most or has the most um, to complain about, who chooses to rise rise above that, they're the one who um, actually is sort of the fantasy outcome. Yeah. The ideal outcome of all of this.
1: He's the character. He doesn't know what he's lost. Yeah. He doesn't know what he's going without. Yeah. And yet he's
3: going to rise. Like, we get this impression of optimism with Mike. Yeah. Yeah. And that optimism, according to his perspective, shouldn't even be there. Right. 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 Exactly. If If he he knew knew where he came from, that optimism shouldn't even be there. Because it should be just be understood. Right. But he lost everything without knowing it and still rises. And so, like, to Sarah's interpretation of this book that destroyed this podcast, <laughs> uh-huh. um, Mike is that one who lost everything but yet rises. Yeah. And... He's-
1: He's the continuation of, of he, Russia. He yeah. continues Russia. Yeah. If Zoya is Russia.
3: Right. Yeah. And, he is, and he is he is Russia who is buying a bus ticket. Right. Like Russia has to buy a bus ticket.
0: <laughs>
2: That's how
3: this book ends. <laughs> right. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Like, it's it it's so inverted from how it should be.
0: But whose perception of how it should be. Exactly. Exactly.
3: And it's Georgie's perception of how it should be. That's how we're viewing this entire book. This entire book is viewed through Georgie. Right. Who sees this. And so Georgie's perception of how it should be seen is that Russia shouldn't have to buy this bus ticket. But it does. And then Russia, from there on out, continues to buy bus tickets. Yep.
1: And live his life, and, and do what has to be done. Take care of his aging grandfather, who widowed.
3: Yeah. Right? Right. Like, there, 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 there's this sense that Russia in Mike is nostalgic for the old Russia that he has to take care of, personified in Georgie, and also in Zoya, who has died. Zoya is gone, but Zoya is alive in Georgie, yeah. and that's where he has to take care of the old Russia while he's still working
2: to
3: as maintain if, the new Russia.
0: As if whatever was good about the Tsars the and the aristocracy had nothing to do with their power or their privilege.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Whatever was good about them had to do with whatever you get when all of that is stripped away, whatever you're left with.
3: <sighs> yeah, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's... Absolutely accurate <laughs> So I don't think we're gonna find a better note To end on nope. I'm
1: dejected Michael um, <laughs> I'm so
0: dejected Well but at least he's not dead So I'm not yeah.
1: dead
3: but I'm dejected the,
0: the power and the privilege balance Is is Restored. where it should be Here now I don't know We're all fine here now I don't know. I'm, so,
3: I'm so happy
1: kind He of said weeping you, though.
0: Yeah it's true It's true <laughs> So, uh, time to uh rate the things, huh? Uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> if, if I have to. I mean, you don't have to. It's Sarah wrong. and I will rate them and then kill you again and I bury mean... your body and bury it in the woods again. Right. Um, it's okay, I'll come back. <laughs> Alright, Michael. So, we're gonna start out with the the rating the whiskey. Mm. So... To review, we've had three cocktails based on this this uh, very strong rye whiskey. I am expecting the fourth. Um, I will make you the fourth. Wow. Please do. Um, so the the three we did have, though, we had an old-fashioned with uh, the Rittenhouse rye, the Jerry Thomas bitters, and just some, some simple syrup. Yep. We had uh, a Manhattan with mm-hmm. the same rye, the uh Brovo Jammy Sweet Vermouth Um and then just Angostura bitters because I didn't want sort of Angostura is a basic bitters that yeah. that sort of does the bitters thing and yeah is is unassuming so there was enough going on in that Manhattan. I didn't want to yeah. corrupt it too much. And then we had um my cocktail invention based on um some some other similar cocktails but but mine was called the Mankato that had again the the robo uh jammy sweet vermouth the rittenhouse rye and then some elderflower and some campari mm-hmm. um so just you don't have to rate every single one but what what were your thoughts what were your impressions uh sure. on the rye and the the cocktails in general sure i can
3: do that okay so starting with the old-fashioned um I've had old fashions before. Uh-huh. I live in Wisconsin.
2: <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> <It's a> given,
3: the <laughs> like, given, right? Yeah, it's gonna happen. So, um, among old fashions, okay. Let me let, let me think about this because I kind wow. of rate old fashions on a three point scale. Okay. With
1: only three points.
3: Yeah, three points. Three points being Ooh. bad, good, and great. Uh huh. This was between good and great. Okay. So like. I guess that means a four out of five. Cool. Maybe I don't know. You're fair enough. Because scale. like you're no, changing
1: sh- scales. Like <laughs> Come on. Now.
0: No,
3: I'm not. I'm not. This is fine.
0: Everything's fine. It's fine. There's a three so, point scale with a five point scale on top of it. I
1: exactly. It. Who it's hasn't a, it's, it's heard of that? A, right. <laughs> this is fine.
0: Anyone who's so, studied like, basic screenplay structure. Among the
3: old fashions that I've had, this yeah. is. Among my favorites.
1: That's how I'll rate it. It was a good old-fashioned... Among
3: my favorites. Among the Manhattans I've had, in which you have added a couple of other drinks Uh and mixed things together, this was also among my favorites. So, like, with those, and then the Mankato, which is an original, including Campari, which is a liqueur that i particularly enjoy um that's really really good so i like if i want to add a number to it that's really really hard like i really enjoyed it and it it's really really good i want to give it like a <sighs> okay I think part so... of the
1: difficulty is these were mixed drinks yes that's not yeah, bad true. Yeah, yeah. that's true it's just hard to rate the written house
0: right and I did actually rye whiskey. mean to sure. have you guys try a little bit of the straight rye at the oh, beginning. Sure, I just sure. forgot yeah. to do that altogether.
3: Well, well just... maybe I'll try it later and I'll yeah. post that on my blog, PeculiarTaste.org. <laughs> dot it smells very
2: caramelly.
3: Yeah. Yes, when we very caramelly. So, no. I'm going to give it a 4.5 out of 5.
1: Very good. Because that's I
3: don't, of... I, like, the only reason it's not a 5. Uh-huh. Let me let me defend this. Wow. The only reason it's not a five from
0: no attack at all.
2: Yeah. From
3: no attack. I I feel like I'm I'm protecting myself in case of attack. Okay. In case just, of a further so, uh, further duel later. Right. Like just in case there's a further duel later because you need to to defend your drink mixing. <laughs> like I need to defend my wife. Wow.
1: Wait, Boom! Wait a minute. Quite Suck the it. Wait a minute. Yeah,
0: you you didn't insult me just now. Let no, me put it that way. No, I totally did. No, um, no. I'll remind. I'm
3: you gonna that. give it a 4.5 out of five because I'm not sure about it straight.
0: Yeah, sure. So that's that's, that's the only reason. Very and I know, I, I,
3: I know you intended to let me try it straight. And so I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. The benefit out of the fit. Benefit
0: out of the fit. He's he's <laughs> a, the guy for much Ado about nothing. Four point
3: five I out of five. I think you're
1: right.
0: <laughs> so that's my okay. rating on this. Very good. I appreciate yes. that, Sarah, Sarah. You don't have to rate it out of five, even though Michael ignored everything I said and did do it. But I did. Just any thoughts because or impressions? I'm
3: I'm that you have? very much okay with allowing the left brain into this podcast. If that, so, if all of you left
0: brain to... listeners, <laughs> I'm on your side. The left brain should be allowed into this podcast. Podcast. So go ahead.
3: That's, uh, the, go
1: ahead, that's the argument we're going to make this into. <laughs> anyway, um I enjoyed it, as I mentioned before. I picked up on a lot of caramel notes. Just, mm. um, caramel. Just uh, taking it in.
3: I like caramel.
1: I enjoyed the man Kato. Very much. Okay.
3: Agreed. Yeah. In there?
1: That was very nice. Ooh,
3: that Kampari. Very nice. I'm going to let you finish.
1: Um, I don't know if <laughs> I have... Thank you, Kanye. <laughs> Ooh, does that make me Taylor Swift? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Only if you want to be, Sarah. Uh, Only if you want to be.
1: Undecided. Yeah, I um, haven't
0: heard her new album yet, yeah. so I don't know how much of a compliment that is or not.
1: Yeah, but... exactly. Yeah. So... I don't know that I have a number rating no, for it, but I did okay. enjoy it very much. Cool. So.
3: Um. Alright, so next rating would be the book,
0: Ethan. Do I not get to rate the,
3: on, the drinks? Oh, I guess you can we're, rate we're the drinks.
0: I, I, I don't really have a rating because I did sort of curate all of this. That's, that's more um, or less why I skipped it. Yeah. I will say, <laughs> yeah. I've had the Rittenhouse before. That's like my go-to sort of nicer rye um, and it, I, I like it for sipping. I like it for cocktails. I sort of like it for everything. That's the great sure. thing about a good rye is it's very spicy. There's a lot of notes mm. going on. Yeah. And they tend to mix well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, what I do want to highlight though is this Brovo Jammy sweet vermouth. Ooh, I like um, that vermouth. The best Manhattan I've ever had. Usually when I buy vermouth, I buy sort of like, bar-quality vermouth. Like, right, like, vermouth whatever.
3: Yeah, like, good enough
0: vermouth. <laughs> I'm
3: just
1: going to make it um, with something anyway. Well, yeah, right? <laughs> that's the thing.
0: Like, sweet vermouth is such a component of a lot of cocktails, and a lot of times I'm not so worried about the vermouth as I am about other things in the right, cocktail. Right, right. Um, but for a Manhattan or for something else that's, like, vermouth as a heavy component, this particular vermouth I just now would recommend above anything else. Like, I give this vermouth a five out
3: of five. I am with you on that one. Even though this is Michael and Ethan in a room with scotch, <laughs> this vermouth, this 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 oh, Brovo no. jammy vermouth. R- go ahead, take it, enjoy
0: it.
1: Are we allowed? I, it's I don't a remuth, know.
3: Though. We are we are it's, now.
0: It's,
1: it's not it's, in the name of the podcast, I I broke, but it's okay. <laughs> oh, I broke
0: okay. the rules in this podcast already.
1: So
3: Ethan has ruined it, and so by this bromo vent. Bromovami? Bromojami.
0: Bromo burjiman Oh, we're suddenly <laughs> speaking Russian. vitamin <metabolism. Manorast. laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you. Oh, uh,
0: I actually can't believe that's the first time Vitamin-Novet has been referenced. Honestly, it should have come so much sooner. Unless it has, and we don't remember, but I don't think it has. It might have? I, I don't, don't think opinion. it has, though. I doubt it. Anyway, I'm very proud of you, Sarah. <laughs> yep. <Okay>. Well done. <laughs> oh, good. Well then. So the next thing, well what, rating the book, reading the book, Ethan, what do you think? Um, fully recommend. Fully uh, recommend anyone who. So so hold
3: on. This 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 is a rating on a scale of buy,
0: borrow, forget about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I would I would say buy it. I would say. Right. If you're gonna read one John Boyne book actually it's the only John Boyne book I've read, so that's probably a garbage uh, yeah, <laughs> recommendation. Yeah, that's dangerous. But I'd have words with um, that. If you're if you know, uh, as far as if you like historical fiction at all, if you like if you're interested really in history at all or historical fiction, um, or just sort of modern literature, which is sort of a very broad swath of like people who like to read, I think, <laughs> um, anyone like that I would recommend buy this book, read it. Uh, deal with it. It's not it's definitely the greatest book I've ever read, but you know, it's definitely sure. it's in the top hundred easily. Sure, so.
3: sure. I, I, I'm i with you on that one. As someone who has read other John Boyne books, John, John Boyne books? You got it. You got it. Okay, I, I said that right. Uh, so, okay, The Absolutist is my least favorite of my John Boyne books. And that one I would say borrow. This one I would say buy. Mm. Uh, The Boy in the Striped Pajamas, I would also say buy. So buy this book. Buy it, read it, enjoy it. Share it with your friends. Talk about it with your friends. And the problem is, if you want to talk talk about it with your friends, they also have to read this book. So share this book with your friends. And then,
0: all of you who have... Bought it and read it and shared it with your friends and all of your friends need to listen to this podcast. Agree! Not out of some sort of self-interest thing. No, because this listeners. podcast has the most comprehensive analysis of this book. Yeah. Clearly. And the least sober analysis also.
1: Clearly.
0: It, it's true. Yeah. It's Sarah, true. what's your what's your rating of this book?
1: I, I rate it very highly. I enjoy this book a lot. Yes. Um... I have strong feelings that it is palatable to just about anybody because there's the historical.
2: Oh, yeah!
1: (laughs) The historical, thank you, Kool Aid Man. (laughs) Historical side of it. There's, um,. I don't know. I don't want to sound super trite, but there's like, there's a romance to it. Sure. Which, there is. Which yeah. We,
3: we didn't even touch on the romance right. really there, of it, I prefer which is kind not. of
0: central to this book. Right. I prefer there's, to not touch on romance. There's
1: romance without being like smutty or too syrupy. Yeah. Um, And and there's also a lot of real feelings in the oh, book, too. Yes. That um, I think that John Boyne just apparently has a great gift for. Writing real human emotion
2: yeah, yeah, into definitely.
1: into his novels, um, so I rate it very highly. I I say buy it.
3: Yeah. Boom! So everybody, you've heard, buy this book. Do it. You're welcome, John Boyne. You can pay us <laughs> later. <laughs> Please give us our revenue.
2: <laughs>
1: and That's not how this works. It's no,
3: okay. it's really not. But Ethan, what about our next book? Our next book
0: is going to be. And I am going to pre-apologize that I did not buy you both copies. That's okay. Um, I forgive you. Sarah, you are allowed to steal it from Michael, including before he has read it. It wouldn't stop me anyway. Any other time. (laughs) Good. Um, Our book next month.
1: A Gene Wolfe book?
0: A Gene Wolfe book.
1: I see this on your bookshelf. It is right on my bookshelf.
0: I
3: Maine. saw it on your bookshelf earlier.
0: <laughs> and also it is here. So how can a book be in two places at once?
3: <laughs> what? It's, it's only because it's a Gene Wolfe
0: book yeah, that it that's can be true. in two places at once. That's very true. <laughs> um, so this is the book A Borrowed Man by Gene Wolfe, which I would like to say I did pick before I discovered my ro- most recent Podcast Obsession, the podcast Elzebo Soup. Shout sure. out. Which shout out they don't know we exist probably, but probably. here here we are. Maybe I'll I'll like if I'm the next podcast I'm gonna donate to is probably them, so sure. Um, Ooh, maybe can. they'll become aware of this in retrospect. But Elzebo Soup mostly covers Gene Wolf books and they do go pretty much like a chapter or two at a time. Um and they you know, they yeah. do an hour long podcast every week. So, for us to be doing an entire Gene Wolfe book over the course of two podcasts seems like arrogance, but we (laughs) are going to attempt it. Um, For my lights, Gene Wolfe is the smartest, one of the smartest novelists writing today. Yeah. Um, One of my favorite novelists of all time. This is the only novel by Gene Wolfe that I have not read at least once.
1: Um, Ooh! Um,
0: This is his newest novel that came out 2015 or 2016, I want to say. Um... So it's it's very new. Uh, like I said, I haven't read it. Um, there's some of his short story collections I haven't read, but of, of his novels, this is the only one I haven't read at least once. Um, several of his novels I've read a half dozen times. Well, not several, just one of them, but some of the others I've read two or three <laughs> times. Anyway, so that's next month, A Borrowed Man by Gene Wolfe. I'm excited. I am super excited to to read this. Um, very good. Yeah. So, gentle listener, thank you for your kind attention. Um, thank you for helping us resurrect Michael. It was your listening energy in part that gave him the dark magic to come back the to life. The tears
1: of Pikachu. Um, <laughs> Wrong podcast.
2: Yeah. Oh, my
0: bad. So, uh, feel free to read along, join the discussion, visit us at tapestry, tapestryradio.org. Leave your feedback in the contact section. You're welcome. Thank you. Uh, be sure to put Scotch Talk in the subject line. Leave us any thoughts about uh, the House of Special Purpose, or if you do read into the, A Borrowed Man before we get there, uh, leave us thoughts about that. Um, if you like what we do here each month, review us on iTunes, uh, any of the other podcasts places stitcher Stitcher, pod knife um pod knife podcast addict any anywhere you can review us um give us a five star rating and only a five star rating just only five stars just kidding but also only five stars um anything like that that you can do you know only gets us more uh exposure and we love being exposed so um follow our network the tapestry radio network can do that at the website, at the Tapestry Radio Network Facebook page. Um, there you'll find Intermission, our audio drama podcast, uh, Pokemon Rollout, our Pokemon RPG podcast, which yep. um, has an episode with me as a guest star. It's Probably true. by the time this goes
1: up. Oh, listen. yeah, definitely. I don't know
0: how time works, really. Uh, <laughs>
1: time in podcast land is it's
0: mysterious. very, very it's mysterious and weird. Um, but yeah, uh, follow us all those places. Uh, and that's all I think I have to say.
3: I think that's it.
0: Um, so this has been Ethan and Michael and Sarah and in a, thank a room you for joining us, Sarah in a room with, with Scott. Technically, Ryan and some, some cocktails. That's, that's not, that's not but you broke the rules. But I broke the rules. But it's Scott and something. spirit. Yeah. Okay, we love you. Bye-bye. Bye.
2: Bye.
3: So his next girlfriend, except he's kind
0: of like, I don't deserve women
3: right now. Oh, gosh.
0: I mean, that's one of those things where how do you tell him, like, it's true, but also it will stop
1: always that? be true. Yeah. Right, it like, always has like been you always Like, really you
3: can't let life stop you. I don't
0: deserve women, and I'm married. Right, none of us deserve women. My marriage is a picture of grace, you dummy
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's
3: the way when Ethan said, You've got my butt! <laughs> You've got my butt! <laughs> I want to
0: auto tune
3: that. You got my butt!
0: Wait, how do you have auto tune installed in your throat?
1: (laughs) That was perfectly on key and on pitch, that entire thing. It's like the Tom Haverford auto tune. (laughs) Well, as we learned from the first episode and the rules, Ethan doesn't know grammar.
0: I am. The king of Spain and above grammar. I stopped paying attention to your sentence for like...
1: Why did you look two at me seconds? Seconds.
0: <laughs> Because...
1: You say outlandish things and then you look at me like... Did you hear what I said Are you laughing? Because I And want by laughing, are you approving?
3: Everything I do is to make you laugh at me and to approve of me because I'm your husband and I need your approval.
1: It sounds like a healthy relationship. It is. Yeah, that doesn't sound like... COVID. It's not.
2: Neither does your
1: accent.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm basically the best husband ever. You sound a little bit like Scarlett O'Hara right I now. was
1: going to say Blanche from Golden Girls, <laughs> same thing. Yeah, same yeah.
3: thing. I will not object to whatever name you want to give me. I will accept
1: it.
0: Now you don't sound like
2: anything.
3: You
1: sound like Andy from The Office, playing (laughs) the murder mystery (laughs) (laughs) game. It's like
0: like molasses dripping
3: out of your mouth. I shot you and technically (laughs) committed murder recently.
0: Obscurantism and Obfuscation